Coxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Coxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you Hello, welcome back to another episode of Have a Yarn with me, uh, my podcast, Aaron Gox. I am your host, also named Aaron Gox. Uh, <laughs> we have a very special guest. Uh, well, they're all special, but you know what I mean. Very special guest today, uh, comedian Andrew Hamilton. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Goxie. Yes, I would say I'm more special than the uh, <laughs> than the rest of them. But well, That's how my brain works, is like <laughs> panicking, like, oh, are the other guys going to get offended? Because, like, um, you know... I love everyone who comes on in their own unique ways, but yes. you do have some people who are like uh, maybe got a more interesting story or, oh, well, now I'm digging a bigger hole. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you had Alexandra Hudson on recently. Yeah, yeah. She's She's great. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone has their own. This is the thing is like, even if someone's like, oh, you've done a lot in your life, but I love people who just like, can even just like hanging out. Yeah, I've just been hanging out and I've not, you know. <laughs> it's not always like ticking things off. It's just, like um, my last, my last guy, uh, my last episode, my last guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy on my last episode, uh, his name's Michael Toon. Like most people wouldn't know him. Uh, we just did a bit of comedy together in Brisbane. But I always just kind of like joke like to him, like you are the perfect man because he's like, Everything he tries to do in life, he's just like sick at it. Oh he was, fuck! Um, I hate those people. They're so he was good like at everything. Roll, he he was a he did rowing in the Olympics, and his job is um you know an anaesthetist where you yeah. like knock people out so they can get surgery on. Oh wow! You yeah. got to. I'm sure you had to be very very smart to yeah. get to that level. I'm like you yeah. must be. Bu- there must be some demons buried somewhere. Like, and, and <laughs> yeah, just, what's driving you forward? Yeah, yeah. What happened? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and the other, the other thing, actually, I was just thinking about this while mm. I was on the way here, because we are in, if you don't mind me saying, um, your dad's man cave here. Yes. Yeah. As you just revealed, it's actually beautiful. There's like thousands of, um, comic books and DVDs here. And, uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, something I thought about. So quite a lot of these people I've had on, on my pod, I've known for quite a long time over yeah. the years. But I've only met you just recently, and yes. um, I was trying not to. I was trying to think of a, a way to put this that doesn't sound like really lame and a bit of a cop out. But it's like I feel like I get a vibe on people quickly, right? You know, it's like that's someone I, um, which which sounds bad. Where it's like either I approve of you or you don't. You don't make it in <laughs> like it makes. There's me no sense. second chances here. Yeah, yeah. But like, do you know what I mean? I think it's actually good to be picky, right? Like, mm. I don't like a lot of comedy where I'm like. If I like it, I really like it. If I don't, I don't like. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. But um, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is I I've picked up pretty quickly that I like you. There. <laughs> Thank you, mate. But I'm trying to word that in a way that's not like you have gotten the approval of Master <laughs> Gox. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that feels good Welcome either way. To, yeah. I can I can read between the lines. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I've, you did I've, um, yeah, you like. I also trying to another thing. I'm trying to not sound bad, but like. I feel like you've burst onto the scene a bit. Um, it's yeah. it's been quick, yeah. Because some been, names, like even if they're from another city, you don't regularly visit. You kind of see them floating around on gig posters mm-hmm. or whatever, commenting on posts, or whatever you know, socially people putting up. Yeah, but you're just like, I, I think I've I've find heard about you like a little bit before the fest, then saw you at the fest, and yeah, just going off. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I've only been doing comedy now for just over a year and a half, so it's it's still very new. So yeah. there's a, a lot of people that um, you know, I, I I've been a fan of comedy, and these people that I enjoyed their comedy, and now I, I get to gig with them, and it's awesome, and get to to get to know these people as mates is is fucking unreal. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's been a roller coaster, man. So when you say um, like only got into it recently, was it what was your knowledge? Of like the scene and stuff before, like did you, had you had your eye on it a bit, or you just sort of? I would always go to the galas at the Sydney Comedy Festival, and then I would go to my local um, comedy gigs in Surrey Hills. So I used to go to the Cafe Lounge. Oh yeah, that was a great gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like people spoke speak so highly about that. It's a yeah. shame that it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but I used to go to that all the time, and and um, there was a few other like I'd go and see international acts when they were in town. I used I grew up like going to a lot of Arj Barker gigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was when I first saw Daniel Towns perform. What was it been like? That uh, um, like seventeen years ago or something like that. And I and I thought he was so good. That's actually a recurring. Actually, you're. I was going to say a recurring thing, but you're a little bit different that you were going to the local scene because something I find from a lot of comedians is not even knowing about a scene, just like being a fan of um, international acts, obviously big act and your big Australian acts. Um, going to their shows when they come to town. Like in Brizzy, um, you know, the Powerhouse, that's yep. where the festival is. Um, even before the festival existed, I would just go to when the the, the bigger acts would come to town, like Elena and Woodley, your Will Anderson. Before there was a fest, they'd just come once yep. a year or twice a year, whatever. So, yeah, that's my, a lot of comedians. Um, a recurring thing is not knowing about a local scene and then wanting to start and finding out that there's all these little gigs and... So that is interesting. You're a little bit different that you were going along to the local gigs, and um, but, but at that point, I wasn't doing it out of like research or anything. I was just a fan of comedy. Yeah, yeah, and and it didn't scare you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like wow, this is really because uh, because the thing about comedy, people who see um, well these days, there's a little bit more of what, what you, for those who don't know, they say they call it a special, basically like the hour show. That a comedian puts on like Netflix or YouTube or whatever, but that's a more recent thing for me because I grew up because I'm a '90s child, so it was TV spots like two or three minutes, and that that can really like like the Footy Show and, and yeah. Rove Live, yeah, th- exactly, yeah. that yeah. totally. So, and what the way it works sometimes when someone was touring too throughout the week, it had the different shows throughout the week. Like Monday it was like Denton and then Rove and Footy Show, and that gradually appear on everything. And that's how a lot of those ones blew up, like your Ross Noble, Carl Barron, mm. Stephen Amos, a lot of those coming over. Craig and McLaughlin? Yes, that's <laughs> right. He blew up from that. That is a... Oh, the, Wait, was I, that a blow up? I watch up that or every <laughs> now, all the time. It's classic. He imploded. So good. That's my thing for showing people comedy is not as easy as you think. But what I was trying to say is that because it's two or three minutes, they can select their best. Yep. There's no ups and downs. It does get a view of like, oh... The top comedians are just like bang, 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 smash, smash, kill, like, and there is this. Then you go to local scene, and it's like people are feeling their way. Yeah, there's some ums and ahs, looking at some notes. You see a bit of that. I yeah. see a lot of that. Yeah, um, yeah, which is cool. I was actually going to say a place like um, what was it? Comic Comics Lounge. Cafe Lounge. Cafe Lounge. I get confused. There's so many lounges in the Australian yep. industry. Uh, variations on something comedy, something something comics yeah. or comedy or, lou- yeah, or lounge. Yeah. Yeah. But lounge is always in there. Yeah. But Cafe Lounge was great for that. Um, it's a, like tiny bar, cram everyone in. You just got this exciting thing of like, 
you know, there's only 40, 50 of us in here. We're seeing something special. Yeah. And the little mistakes and stuff are cool because it makes it like I'm seeing a joke grow. Yes. From the early stages. Yeah, a bit nerdy, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, when you see yeah. someone like the, the, the something that they've only written in the last 48 hours. They're yeah, yeah. The first time. Exactly. And then it goes and it rips. Yeah, yeah. And, and that thing you said about um, who was it you saw Daniel Towns open for? Arj Barker. Oh yeah, yeah, Arj Barker. So, where uh, that was that was my introduction for live comedy was going to your sort of not. I've actually never been to stadium stadium comedy. I've never mm. been to your like Jerry Seinfeld, the ones in the but um, QPAC in Brisbane is is like a sort of I guess state theatre here. So yep. you know that level where they're not giant. So um, Aziz Ansari, I saw um, yep. Stephen Wright, like yep. those sort of things. Yeah, I but saw that, Aziz at the Opera House. That was my understanding yeah. of comedy, and then. I won some tickets for Triple M to sit down, which is the like the old school comedy club yep. in Brizzy. Yeah, and this that introduced me to like oh there's a there's a sort of a, a lower scene, a, yeah, a yeah. lower scene that's also yeah. still awesome. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. And uh, thanks Triple M for that. But I, <laughs> the thing I loved about uh, going to the cafe lounge was like you would have you could have comics uh, that were new that have been established for a year uh, for decades, and then you also could have like guys that are on TV. They yeah, would just yeah. drop in and and then just yeah. they'd, they'd be unannounced, and then they'd just drop in and rip, right? Yeah, and that's what's cool about. Um, did you ever see that movie Funny People of Adam Sandler? Yeah, they they have a look at that kind of the bigger guy coming back because we have like Rove popping in now and like <laughs> Rove and and, and you got Hughes it'll just like yeah, yeah. drop in and, and then he'll he'll just go on wherever <laughs> he wants and like, one of my um funny weirdest experience in Melbourne um I did this gig years ago probably like five six years ago now and Hughesy was the headliner I'm on as an opening act but he's doing radio Brecky radio at the time I'm not sure if he still is but yeah he um, is oh, okay well anyway so he wanted to get wanted to leave early. So he just, like, he's on the poster as the main act, headliner. But he wanted to leave early. So he's like, I'm going on. He asked, and they let him. He went on earlier. And then I had to go on after him, which is super weird. Yeah. Right. And so I, the, I did so all right. The, head, right, the, head, but the headliner like, went on early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because he's like, I want to go home. <laughs> That's so good. Super weird. but uh, And it was like, I went all right. I was still kind of working my way up at the time. Mm. Still getting a bit better, but trying to improve. But I'm like... And, and the audience is lovely. No one was, like, rude or anything. Mm. But you could just v- sense that, like, this is a letdown for you guys. It- well, I mean, it's also interesting, um, I think, sometimes. The, the the structure of a comedy show where you have the headliner go last, particularly mm. if it's a long show, I mean, sometimes yeah. people are exhausted by the time or, or, or worn yeah, out. Yeah. Or if, if the show hasn't maintained energy the whole way through, then it's, like, quite a hard job, the yeah, headliner, yeah. to, <laughs> so, um, to do well at the end of that. <laughs> so, you, um, so you said you... I only got into um, comedy super recently, a couple yep. of years ago. And then you've um, already, that's what I said, flying through. So you've, because a lot of people take quite a few years to have their first full length or festival show. Mm-hmm. But you've, you have won already, um, won an award, right? Or was it nom- I, got, I got nominated for yeah. Best Newcomer oh, sorry, in Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. Edit that bit out. But <laughs> that's still <laughs> that's like right. super sick, though. That's like, I think, yeah, yeah. I think to it be shortlisted. Yeah, I don't think it matters if you if you win or get nominated. I think that, 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 that there's. Um, Equally. It's all being noticed. Yeah, and, yeah. It's all, it's, but just being there was amazing to be at the awards and and to be yeah. thought of because I mean yeah at the time I did the show in Melbourne I was just over a year that I'd been doing comedy yeah and uh, and, and like it's quick it's quick progress on multiple ways but one of the huge things is just sheer material right mm. like how did you so you, um 
a lot of that, the jokes and stuff, were they thoughts in your head for a long time or you just had to sort of work really hard to... I think um, I had just this deep well to draw on between my crazy arrest and time in prison. Oh, yes, we'll touch on and, that later. <laughs> and, and my and my life of being a mushroom dealer for over a decade. So I just... Yeah. I had so many stories and so it was easy. I, I only yeah. scratched the surface of all the jokes that I really had at my disposal. Yeah. And so I would just go out all the time and just test out new five minutes and just yeah. see whatever hit. And What's well, interesting you those. say that because I'm, I'm actually a super slow writer and it's something mm. that sort of like annoys me. And mm. a few years ago, I had some mental health issues. I'm, I'm over it now. But mm. where I was comparing myself to other people, because as you know, some acts on the circuit pump pump out gear. But I had to be comfortable in my own skin with... Because I, I'm the same where I talk about myself. I don't talk about my arrest, but <laughs> I keep quiet on that. No, no. Um, but my thing is more, you know, things I've lived, whereas some of the people, not all of them, but some of the people pumping out material, uh, I call them reactive to the world, which means what's in the news, guys, mm. politics, guys. And I, I don't touch a lot of that. Yep. So like that just covers off. It's like it closes off a whole range of things for me too. But... I still should write more, but it's sort of like, um, but yeah, like even early on when I started, because I started quite young, early 20s, like mm. 21 or something, mm. and I was quite different to how I am now. I was more like just wordplay and stuff. Yeah. But that's why I was like super, because I'd have to sit down, write and think, where now it's more like things that happened to me. Yeah. And then... Um, and does that I mean, still write it, but it's like putting the words in the right spot. And does that make you enjoy the writing more? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it feels good telling it as well because it's like you can tell this is something that happened. Yeah. And the skill is finding out. Like I don't, you don't just retell it word for word. That's boring. So yeah. it's like working out where to put the words and timing. Fi- finding and stuff. the funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you did uh, give us a sneak peek in something we we're going to talk about, but uh, this is this part is about getting to know the guests. So mm. let's go. Right back to the start, Andrew. Um, like your stomping ground, where you're from, that sort of thing. Um, can you take us back for the the full Andrew Hamilton story? Sure. So I grew up in Hornsby, uh, which is on the kind of north shore of Sydney. I was one of five kids. I've got three sisters and a brother, and I had a pretty uh, normal middle class upbringing. I, I went to a private school, and then I went to uni in Bathurst, and uh, and I studied communications there. And at some point uh, along that road, I um, my my mate started growing magic mushrooms, and <laughs> we started selling them to friends. And and over the course of many years, um, I was working in, in kind of big public relations agencies as like a a, a director. Um, there and doing quite well at that but then in the evenings i was also selling magic mushrooms Ooh, a bit of a double life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I, I for a long time i was a massive gambling addict so i never really had much to show for it i was a huge addict to the pokies and um was a drug addict and a mess and um you know over the course of years that just became more chaotic as i started to sell more and more drugs and and, and different drugs by the end i was selling mushrooms and acid and mdma and ketamine and cocaine and <laughs> making um you see know. you couldn't even um like you know i was gonna say people with um you know this argument like being in comedy and stuff over the years we've had our like bill hicks type people a lot who are like basically i'm trying to say like pop man how could something that's grown in the ground be bad? <laughs> but you can't even just use that for mushies because you did extend to like some yes. real uh, laboratory sort of stuff. Like, yep. 
Well, yeah. even with the mushrooms, it was we were growing them under pretty um, lab conditions, you know, in, oh, yeah, in, in yeah. the house to try and. Well, that's what I always think is funny when um, that argument of the like it's natural, man, and I've. Um, I, I like I did a little bit of pod in high school, but never heaps. But I hung around with potheads, and yeah, I I, I saw how it's not that classic like Bob Marley, the the classic leaf image where it's, it's just a it's joint not in the backyard. Now, these it's days, it's like full blown hydro yeah, setup, and it's yeah. and, it's, <laughs> and the stuff isn't like to relax; it's like to zonk you out. We're like flying through space and that, yeah. Yep. But yep. um, well, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, so I was selling the drugs for ages, and then. Uh, yeah, my my missus uh, had had too much coke one night and had a mental breakdown and thought the mafia were trying to kill her or something and she ran off and she got picked up in Cronulla and told the cops that I was a drug dealer and, oh, and you know um, next thing you know got the house raided and uh, yeah so I got caught with all the drugs that were in the house. That is um something that would like freak me out about the being in that so would you say culture drug culture mm-hmm. is that like. It's everything's sweet when everyone's on your side, and then yeah. like maybe I've watched too many movies, but it is interesting to hear a case of like yeah that that is a case of like someone turning on you and well when you've been doing it for so long and, and getting away with it you think and, you're invincible and I yeah. also thought I was like oh, I was so too smart and I was low profile and I was never going to get caught and then next thing you know the Raptor Squad are knocking on your door and smashing it off mm-hmm. with a battering ram and. You just get pinned down, and I was like, "Fuck!" And then my life completely changed. I got, and then you like sitting there pinned down, and it's like <laughs> the movies were right. Like, but um, oh, that's crazy. I mean, the movies that that part is the way it looks in movies. But then the, my time in prison was not the way it's made out in TV and movies. I, I got taken to Park Lee Prison, and I ended up having a pretty good time in jail. I got treated great. People thought it was funny that I was in there for mushrooms. I just <laughs> hung around with a decent group of guys and we trained and, um, you know, um, got sun and I got, I sobered up off drugs and, and I had time to reflect. And that was when I decided to do stand-up comedy. Can you just tell us a little bit about, um, it's pretty intense, by the way, if you don't mind me saying, like, <laughs> you just, uh, you, that was the quickest, because I asked, most people on this pod that kind of give us the early years, and that was the most intense, like quick wrap up <laughs> escalation. I was like, so okay, then I was now in tell prison. us about Hornsby, because <laughs> usually I will be. Um, sorry, just had some mic issues. Um, yeah, usually I will be like, someone says the the town or the suburb. Okay, let's let's talk a bit about that. <laughs> I think we can uh, skip past Hornsby. <laughs> Hornsby's great, but uh, it's not the most interesting part of the story. Well, my only connection to Hornsby is sort of. Because I do a lot of road trip driving, and mm. so like coming out of Sydney, it's always like, you know that bit where you turn to go of to course. like New- yeah, that's my. Li- oh, I have actually literally been in Hornsby, but it, most of my experiences are like almost there just, and then turn right because yeah. I do that. It's about fifteen, ten, fifteen k's through all the northern Sydney suburbs, and like it's all just so similar, right? All that like pimble and all that, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> just going past millions of dollars of houses and. Um, Pedophile schools, and it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, and then Hornsby. I don't, I don't even usually do that gear. I just thought I'd try. I'm going to be an edgy edge Um, but yeah. So, but what I was going to say with with um, obviously you're comfortable talking with this. You've done yep. a show about it, yes. and actually, I just saw you recently uh, in the uh, shipping container in Sydney. It's, yes. a, it's a lot better than that. Was actually my first. I've I've known about the shipping container for years. And never went in, and it's a lot better than you think. Like you think shipping in town, but it's like nicely set up. Oh, it's great! Yeah, yeah. The way they have it set up in the U shape. Yeah, um, yeah. The, it's it's so good for comedy. Yeah, it's actually great. But um, 
So I saw you in there and you were doing a new show and you were deliberately trying to get away from all the jail tour, yeah, which right. is um because obviously it's it's a um it's something that happened in your life and like you said there's some great stories about it but you don't want to be pinned down as just the jail guy. That's right. It was also but, uh, I felt like a good challenge to me just yeah. to be able to like what else can I talk but about? But it, it is um because I have the same thing where things that have happened to me um and they're a bit rough not not as close to that but. You know, they're a bit rough or not nice, but because um, I did a um, comedy fest show about like um, getting divorced and mm. raising kids as a single dad. So it was like not the, not the same as jail, but pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, it's still um, full on, right? And my thing was like some of the some of the nasty stuff that happened to me was to get laughs out of it, to flips it around the power, right? Yep. Where it's like, all right, you screwed me over, now I'm getting laughs, that feels good. Did you feel a little bit of that? Or Absolutely. Like, I found it very cathartic. Yeah, that's the word. Make, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, there's an English word for everything. <laughs> I just don't know them all. Until yeah. someone says, oh, that's the word. Yeah, I just used 30 words ago. <laughs> it was not... Um, it was nice to get power from the... Per- <laughs> but, um, yeah, cathartic, that's, that's actually perfect. Um, but what I want to say, so... Uh, what I want to ask, so, um, like, as you said, not as terrible the jail as you thought, but what I want to know is the in-between the arrest and, and the jail. It's it's probably boring in terms mm. of going through the motions, but um, was there, like, a, a court appearance or...? Yeah, so, I I mean, firstly, the cops, you sit there as they raid the house and they and they find all the drugs in the house, and then I got taken to the police station and they, they go through it all and they kind of... I love your joke, by the way, about, um, if you don't mind me, is go it right it, to say it? it? I can edit it out if you don't like it. <laughs> uh, like when they found some on the fridge and you're like, oh, thanks, I, I was looking for that. Like, that was a good joke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there they were. So, <laughs> so the, yeah, they, they, they find all the drugs and then they take you to the police station and then they... Uh, try and they try to ask me like because they didn't know what the mushrooms were. They were just these like powdered green things in capsules. So, <laughs> so they're like trying to ask you what what are these drugs? And so are I you tried get away with like oh that's my headache. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just my lawyer had advised me just to to um, decline an interview and and to say nothing. So there was no benefit in in having a conversation with them. So then they told me that I was going to be refused bail, and that's when you kind of. I don't know. In in my head, I mean, I was pretty coked up at the time, and <laughs> um, I guess I just I hadn't fully accepted the full gravity of my situation. So I, I was thinking I was going to get bail and just be home in an hour, and then I would just keep selling yeah. drugs. But, <laughs> but uh, well, it's funny you talk about the um, keep on doing something because um, I lost my license, yeah, and I can say this now because I got a bar. And hopefully there's no police listening. But I just kept driving, yeah, and a lot of people but do. I got to the point where. Um, I think so. I got caught, and then I think the next one probably would have been jail, mm. and that was my moment of like, I had some nightmares of like, fuck jail. Jail's quite like when it's when it's reality, right? Yep. Because you're like when you think you're never going to go, you're like what, like oh whatever, deal with it, do your time. And that was when I got to that point where I was like, but I still kept driving. I was, I was in jail with guys who I was like, what are you in here for? And they were like, oh, driving while disqualified. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck do you end up in jail for that? They're like, oh, it's my 11th time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, that's what they, obviously, <laughs> when someone's just like giving the middle finger, like, oh, I'm not going to stop driving. That's when they're like, all right, we're going to put you in jail. They're like, we've got nothing else to do. <laughs> like, well, it's not working. But that's why I wanted to ask you the, the feeling because I, I was... Oh, Mm. I can admit, I was shit scared. I'm like, I, I will not go well in jail. And plus, like... I didn't yeah. really have any time to think about it. It all happened so quickly. I got refused bail. Then I was held overnight. Then 
in the morning we um we fronted court um via video link because it was like during covid so i was just sitting in this like um the surrey hills police station like uh they got like a little county jail like local jail there um yeah and so you go to this screen and my lawyer was in the courts my dad was in the back of the room and um they made representations on my behalf to try and get me bail but um Actually, sorry. When you say the the temporary lockups, I've had two, like two different in my life temporary lockups. Yeah. Like one was schoolies. It was bullshit. I didn't do anything, but they were like, um, my friends were like, come into this, you know, the high rise on the Gold Coast. Yep. They're like, yep. come in, and then they were like, oh, if we tell you we got you in, um, well, we get kicked out or whatever. Yeah, so I yeah. had to like. This is pretty lame. I had to say I snuck it, and then they put me in the watch house, but like for like ten hours or something. Yeah. So so there's uh, normally yeah. in these kind of police stations, like at Surrey Hills, they have the the holding cells, which is like the administration, and they have the drunks in there. Oh and yeah, just to like they, wait for them to get sober. Or yeah, if you're getting bail, they'll they'll hold you in there till they let you out. But if you're if you're getting refused bail, then at some point they'll transfer you to like the the proper like prison side of the police station, like the the proper jail, oh, which wow, is like these yeah. giant like um these giant kind of concrete blocks that have a couple of mattresses in them and it's like five six dudes in a in a in a um in a holding cell Shit. and it's it's pretty grim in there yeah and yeah. so you wait there then you, you go to, <laughs> then you you had your court session and i got refused bail again and that was when i got put pretty much straight after onto a prisoner transport truck and at that point, like I'm still, I'm still like recovering from like a four day coke bender. So <laughs> at that point, I still wasn't really uh, thinking through what was happening. Yeah. It was just all happening so fast. And so then I was on a prisoner transport truck, and another bloke got in, this Kiwi dude named um, Clark, and we just started chatting, and we we got on like a house on fire, yeah. and that helped, I think, a lot to just distract. I mean, like you said, it's um probably a a blur, but. Can you think back to like, um, like you like you were saying yourself, you felt a little bit of invincibility, not getting caught for ages. Yeah. Um, can you think back then? Was it kind of like, ah, oh, this is the, you know I'm going to get out of this. Like you know, I always do. Um, I, I thought that probably until I'm on the prisoner transport truck, and then when <laughs> you when you first get locked away in your cell in, in oh, a like proper, this is real in yeah. a proper prison. Uh, yeah. When I got locked away in a proper prison in a proper cell during um, during COVID, so you're in quarantine for the first two weeks. Yeah, and and I remember just when that that cell door locked. Uh, and I'm laying there in a that pro- was like this is prison. this is legit. Yeah. I was just like, oh man, like fuck, this is this is heavy. Yeah, and um, yeah. Then over the next few days, as as I kind of came off drugs and and became fine again, I started having some shit sleeps because you're just like you just I was just sitting in this mess of a life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to be in there for. I don't know what prison's going to be like because the first two weeks you're basically stuck in your cell for, for most of the time because yeah. you're in quarantine. Then you got put straight into a mainstream prison wing, which is like fucking and, and this was um during COVID, mm. as you said. So... With it, I guess there's some different things than normal prisons had, like like um the qu- the the lockdowns, the quarantines, they they were bad. Um, they were really hard on your mental health. Just being stuck in a cell like all day, yeah. um, for days. Like there was a ten day lockdown at, at Long Bay. Um, some guys got stuck in their cells for like thirty days straight at Silverwater, and it's just your mind starts to yeah walk, like really go a bit loopy. Yeah, wow. But uh, yeah, that was the, that was definitely the worst part. 
was sitting in quarantine because I just I, I had no TV, no books, I had nothing to distract me, and I'm stuck in a cell for 23 and a half hours a day. And so you just you're just reflecting on on the mess of your life. Yeah, and it was just it was not the the last place you wanted to be was in your own head. I guess. Uh in a way, that's that's what jail's meant to be. Like, not meant to be a fun ride. Yeah. Totally, but like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it, it, you no. Know, most guys don't want to spend much time sitting yeah. with their own thoughts. Well, like, so for <laughs> my thing, that that was like when I had that nightmare. And I was like, when people say the penny drops, like I got to sort this shit out. Yeah, but because in my mind, it's like I justified it by like I need to go places, I need to drive, right? Yeah. And like, you don't see yourself as like the bad guy that they see you as, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. But you just said... This, You're yeah. just like, I'm making... I'm letting people have a fun time. Yeah. Like. But there's, there's just some simple rules that, you know, that we're supposed to agree to and and, and for some re- one reason or another, we, we, you justify in your head why you're breaking these rules. But yeah. But none of us are more... Uh, have any better right to, to do it than anyone else. You know, I find something interesting that like... So you were, you were a drug user as well, so you were like... that's a That's another element. There's almost a different element of like... People who supply it but think it's bad mm. is it's almost like that's a higher level of, you know. Absolutely, yeah. you're like I think this stuff's great. Like why I I'm yeah. supplying it to people. Well, that's <laughs> why I never would have sold. Um, there was drugs that obviously are very addictive and very dangerous, like heroin, ice, GHB, all those ones that I would never use myself. I would never have sold because um, I mean, I firstly I thought they were just too high risk, but secondly, yeah. um. Yeah, because um, the damage I, they do. And yeah, yeah, exactly. That I didn't. I wouldn't want to be selling anything that I actually, I wasn't an advocate for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Try these drugs; they're great. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so it's really interesting. So, uh, um, if you don't mind touching on um, some of the issues you said you you had yourself, um, I I I'm pretty bad with gambling myself. I mm. I gamble on sports, mm. but um, but that you do have those moments. I'd like. I don't know if like your you said yours like got out of control. Um, if you had any attempts to like try and control, like for me, I'm like try and keep them small, I guess. But then you have the moments when it's like you did put a lot of money on something, and yeah. it's a really awful feeling when it just sort of like oh, it's fucked. It's 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 almost like flushing money down the drain because then you start thinking about the work you had to do to get it, and and like. I've got kids. I'm like thinking I could have bought them some things, you know. It's insidious. I hate gambling. Like for me, yeah, I I can't touch it at all because it's just such a slippery slope. And I I found that uh, probably similar to me using drugs, I used all this stuff because I just didn't like my life and I didn't have enough um, things in it that would make me want to do anything, to, to do anything else. But... Um, that's that's how I stay clean from drugs and, and gambling now is just by filling my life with things that I love doing and yeah. with people that I love hanging out with. And if I'm if I'm staying productive and busy, yeah. um, then I don't even think about them at all. And that's well. Um. So you like like this like I said, the comedy's gone great. You've got a book on the way. If you don't mind me saying, yeah. or is that meant to be no, a no, secret? That's that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So things like that are going awesome. Um. Would. Would you ever think of like a touring the schools and sort of motivational speaker? Or? I would love to do that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm in conversations at the moment. I've just done my working with children check to um, go into a couple of juvenile detention centres to talk to a couple of um, some of the lads about just. There's um, no issues with that. <laughs> no, that, no, they're keen. Um, no, that. I meant getting the card. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why, why, funny why, that why, they're like this guy might supply them with like <laughs> or. Uh, in all seriousness, do you have to like? I know it's like a f- 
obviously you joke about it, but it's like, do you have to do things to now to prove you're on the right track or um, not really? Yeah. I, I mean, I I still I'm I'm on a sentence in the community right now. I'm essentially doing a prison sentence in the community. It's called an intensive corrections order. Uh, so I, I think have Daniel John's got that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, mine's until the uh, end of next year. Uh, so at the moment, for me to leave New South Wales, every time I have to get permission from the Department of Community Corrections from oh, my corrections sweet. officer. Uh, luckily, they're really supportive of my comedy, and so anytime yeah. I need to go into state, they're just like, "Can you get us a few tickets?" <laughs> <laughs> well, one time, one of them emailed me. We'll let like, you go. You got to send us that book when it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> a few of them have seen my show, and they're like, "We really enjoyed it." So yeah. um, that's kind of cool. But my my dream is one day to be able to do my hour show, my prison show in Long Bay jail that would be yeah just like so that'd be awesome that would be so like amazing. sort of um johnny cash vibes yeah like. johnny cash vibes <laughs> just there with a sea of green uh inmates in green just me doing that show i, I do amazing. i love that with because i talk to musos and actors and stuff and like sort of we're all trying to like just keep working keep busy but i love these like mini little not even mini they're big but like goals that we mm. have and like but then sometimes even it's just like want to do an awesome show at my hometown <laughs> yeah because it's something that's like we just hold a little bit higher than yeah it just means something to you yeah right? and so that's absolutely what i reckon like yeah that'd be sick with like sort of jokes really hitting too where dudes are like, like yeah get what you're talking about absolutely and yeah. just this sea of guy like, green hardened uh, you know yeah <laughs> crims just there enjoying a comedy show i think visually it would look amazing maybe even inspire some sort of yeah, so I think uh, the, the baby steps they'll start is like an open mic comedy club <laughs> in the jail. Like. Well, people ask me about that. I'm like, well, to be honest, you don't want to be like too much of a. If a joke doesn't go well in jail, it can yeah. be like <laughs> and, things and, can go pear shaped. And you see them kind of like while they're doing their set, they're like un undoing the mic to get like parts <laughs> out. Or, like, <laughs> Just strangling I've, I've, I've watched too many movies. Yeah. Uh, no, it'll be guys will make weapons out of anything. So yeah, you're, you're I was thinking, right. I was thinking more to escape. Like <laughs> I've watched too uh, many. Um, nah, what, do you, what do you call it? The bloody um, Shawshank. They'll thing. they'll be faster to find it a way to turn it into a weapon. Than yeah, worry about escaping. I love. Uh, there's this article in the paper recently. It come up like, um, not come up, but it said, uh, you know, like prisoners using um, drones to sneak things in. I'm like, well, that's a good way to do it, you know. So that's true. They had nets uh, on some of the yards to stop drones from dropping drugs in the yard. And then I'm pretty sure they created some kind of digital, um, like, force field. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that when drones are flying towards the prison, uh, they get to a certain point where they get automatically redirected to fly the opposite oh. way. There's something, like, interesting about technology keeping up with crime and then mm. i love just reading about stuff from like say even the 80s where it just predated and there was a lot more like escaping yep. and it's like it's almost like because now you go there and there's like wall barbed wire like all these like several layers and right? guys still escape now yeah guys but still i'm thinking escape. they must have just is it just as simple as not thinking mm. or not having the money or because um the area I'm from in Brisbane, Sunnybank, that's where the um, – have you heard of the postcard bandit? It was like from the early 90s. Oh, yeah. He was a it was a bank robber, was he? Yeah, but he would – so he would send like a postcard to the cops and be yeah. like, I'm in Darwin or like sucked in. I think that guy is scheduled to be released from prison soon. He, I think he's still in at the moment. Yeah. He? But then some of these guys who are scheduled, then they'll have – 
another state wants them. Yeah, to yeah, like, yeah, And then they're like, yeah. oh, all right, you got to do this. Yeah. I don't know how that um, all works. But. No, I, I, someone did tell me I should get the postcard bandit on my on my podcast at some point, and I think I looked him up, and I think he's still locked up at the moment. Yeah, but um, well, would I qualify with my ten hours of um? For your pot, <laughs> this everyone like this guy doesn't count two, two like five hour sessions in a in a watch house, you know. <laughs> well, and, and he thought about he thought he was going to go to jail once. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> had a, if you had a dream, that counts. <laughs> what about if you should have? Like, because I'm driving around. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's like a the lowest level, like almost crim, you know. <laughs> it's close enough, mate. But um, and always like. I've lost my license a few times. It's always the wimpiest way. It's like several not wearing a seatbelt. Or mm. yeah, <laughs> I got I got done. Um, I think using my phone one time. And oh I, yeah, I've been bad for that. Yeah, that's fucked. Up. And I've had heaps of even like friends want like like get off your phone because like they know I'm on a road trip and I'm like sending them a message. Mm. <laughs> but um, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it is very hard. They made these phones to for us to want to look at them. <laughs> you should be putting uh, Steve Jobs in jail. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so, well, it is a really interesting story, and it's um, glad, like, things, you know, you're telling it, and things are going well, and like you said, cathartic. It spins me is out. There, like, is yeah, there I'm- any moments? Because when I did my divorce show, it was there were a lot of ups and downs where... It was cathartic when it was when I'm saying it, yeah. And then the show had finished, and it was like, like that was like a, a therapy session, right? Absolutely. And you know how Melbourne is, right? Like it's almost a month because mm. yep. you you did a you did a full run, right? Or I like, did a full run. Yeah, yeah, I ended up doing. Because you're in the same place my mate Angus was in that little. That's right. Bar, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was on just before me. Uh, he was on at like nine p.m. and then I was on. You're on the at, naughty boy. Late. I late was time. At, I was on at ten forty. <laughs> And so I signed up, and before that, the longest I'd ever done on stage was like um, three shows, a split bill at um, Sydney Fringe wow, Festival. Wow, that's a big... Like I said, um, in terms of content, mm. even... Um, How do you feel, too? A lot of people don't talk about this. Just the sheer talking time, right? Like, we're talking for I, 45, 50 minutes. I didn't like, realise just yeah. how much it impacts your stamina. Because yeah, yeah. I, 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 so you're, like, you're a fit dude, and like, but it's like long time talking. So, so I was doing the show at 10.40 every night, right? Six nights a week. And so I would do the show at 10.40. I'd be finished by 11.40. I'd be buzzing because I'd be like, oh, the show's done. It went great. So I'd go to like the festival club or I'd go to a bar and I'd have a few beers. And next thing you know, you're stuck with comics and it's like a time warp. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's three in the morning. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm getting a feed. Yeah, and the, and the days just roll into each other. Well, so you I go I did, home, I did, I did, you wake get, up at like 11 or 12. No, I was getting up at 8 a.m. because I had to work. I was oh. I was working from there. So I, I, I had to, um, wow. I, I was working in event management. So I had to work at my laptop in the hotel room That's every crazy, day from yeah. nine till five. And then I'd have a nap from like five till six, and then I'd start jing myself up. I'd have some food, then I'd have a hot shower, three coffees, and go and do the show again. Yeah. And so then I'm doing the show at ten forty, and this cycle would be every night yeah. of me. And I'm thinking, oh fuck, I need to stop doing this. And I'm vaping, and like doing and talking for an hour on stage every night. I, f- I noticed my um, my voice box and started to drop. I, well, I started to lose my voice a bit, and. I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much you really need to look after your body. It's a marathon, yeah, yeah. man. It's a fucking marathon. People don't talk about the physical and talk. It's a long time to talk. Like long nowhere time. else. I used to work in a, a call center a long time ago, Pizza Hut call mm. center. Like first job out of high school, aim high. And uh, 
But um, they had to, you had to take like five minute break every hour because they were, they acknowledged there's like a long time to talk. Yeah, it is. But that you'd even have time in between calls. But that's like constantly talking. Constantly and then, talking. And then the it's almost a month. People don't get how intense Melbourne Comedy Fest is. Yeah, I, yeah, I I had no idea. What Were you I doing was how many for? nights a week? Five, six, six nights a week. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, so I was doing six nights a week, and I didn't. At that point, the longest I'd done on stage was twenty five minutes, three nights in a row, and the yeah. next thing you know, I've signed up to do an hour um, every night. Basically. And even like, mem- how'd you find memory too? Like, remember and everything. And uh, I found. That I guess because you lived it too. Yeah, because like, I was doing it every night. I I you, it just I could. I could kind of do it with my eyes closed. Yeah. But what I did notice, there was two nights where... That'd be a fun um, show, actually. <laughs> do this, do the film the special with your eyes closed. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I, there were two nights where uh, I think Angus had... Um, or maybe he'd finished his run. I can't be- remember. But anyway, the time before me had opened up. And so I... I put another show on sale. Oh, sweet. And so there were two nights where I did the show early uh, at 9 o'clock... And then, sorry, it was before him. It was because it was getting buzzed too. Right? Yeah, yeah. So well, I, there yeah. was two nights on a Friday and Saturday where I did an eight o'clock show and a ten forty show, and I was like, "Well, like, how hard can it be? Luke Heggie does two shows every night. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely hard. Yeah, to do the show twice in one night. Well, he's a bit like hard. me. Uh, we use our um, extensive labouring background to like. <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of half joking, but I'm like, he's obviously a master of the craft. That's where I'm joking about and comparing a work, myself. And, and a but workhorse. we do. Do we both were laborers, so it's that mentality because I've spoken to him about it. Of like, man, I've we've been on work sites for nine, ten hours doing real work, like whatever you got to do for comedy, just do it, yeah. right? Like, because yes. I do a bit of like filming and acting stuff, which I love, but that's when it can become tough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, early hours, long days, but I just do it because I'm like, compared to I did some hard work, like bricky laboring, that's tough, like, bricky yeah, labor. I bet. Right, you gotta like chuck these bricks up to guys on the second level and all day. Yeah, yeah. and then they're like, "You didn't chuck it hard enough." They chuck it back at you. Like, <laughs> fuck. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, I'm only so, half joking about that. But, but, but you're right. So it's like you know, you can't if you have the opportunity, you got to see yeah. it with both hands. But I, but I was there thinking, how hard can it be? Look, Heggy does it every night. Yeah, I can do it a couple of yeah. nights. It was still quite. Well, it was, I mean, it was the, quite draining. It is for you, for your very first experience. Yeah. That could have been like. Dealing with the physical, mental side of things, um. and because I was working all day during the day, uh, I just I didn't have enough rest time. It was just yeah, I I, I noticed my health declining. I got f- I definitely got fatter. I put on about take ten kilos from all the beers, <laughs> but there was a couple of nights where I had to. I, I was like, if I if I don't if I push it, I'm going to lose my voice. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I noticed. And also the show sounds different. Yeah, when I started to lose my voice because like me doing like jokes about prison with my kind of my my higher voice versus yeah yeah versus like I've been to jail. <laughs> yeah. like, suddenly the show doesn't that's sound f- as funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it creates a very different vibe if my voice changes so yeah. I became cognizant of that so yeah anyway the show the, the run went as good as I could have hoped and yeah. I also learnt a lot from it but yeah I feel very grateful that I had this weird epiphany in jail where yeah. I decided to do stand up where I was just so like so do you um, like so obviously normally on the scene we, we call them lineup shows basically there's a host mm-hmm. a few opening acts and usually either a headline or some nights it's just Anyway, it's a lineup of different acts. But you do those gigs on the circuit, right? All the time. Yeah. yeah. So what I want to ask is like going from that to a show like that at the fest where it's 
you're the, it's your show for the hour. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like that alternating? Do you have a preference or? Um, I I love both. Uh, I certainly love the the kind of carefree fun of just doing a lineup show where I can go out, yeah, test some new stuff. I can, and I don't, I, and I, I'm not responsible for the show. Right? Yeah, yeah, the ebbs and flows of it. And also, like, there's something about like kind of like teamwork, right? Like, that's why I love like doing skits and filming because it's like. Mm. I love having like a script written for me because I'm lazy. But also it's like, because um, you know, like we've just got this movie, Emu War, coming out, but yeah. we filmed a long time ago. But thinking back to like, it's almost that, because I love sports, team sports, but it's like, it's almost like another version, like an arts version of a footy trip. Because yep. you're out on, because that was out near Bendigo, we filmed it. So, and you see these scenes that bring back memories. There's like one that was like around a campfire, right? So mm. it's like, we're filming in the middle of the night. We're all out there together. It was... Yeah, the things like that. That's awesome. So I love... But it's good to alternate between the independence of stand-up where you're like, I'm in control of this. Mm. No one can... Well, the the, per, the, the solo show, particularly my, my first one because it was just such a... Uh, a deeply personal show and it kind of ends with this really sincere piece. Uh, I don't think I could do it every day. Because yeah. It's quite, it's, it, it, That's it what I was saying about my divorce show where it's intense mm. and it's like it's, a heavy load to carry emotionally. It's personal, it's draining. It means a lot to you, but you don't want to do it every night. Yeah. And whereas with it's like, nice to go back to... Because that was a show of yours I saw, Sydney Fringe, was the Just Jokes one. Yep. yep. And it was almost like to see you in that mode too is cool because it's just like... These just, are just fun, good, funny just jokes. Fucking so, about yeah, having fun, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's great. But the, there there are some bits of the solo show for my my jail show where I talk about um, a friend of mine killing himself, and I talk about losing my dogs and yeah. my fiance, and so there are some quite heavy parts. But then I kind of light I lighten it with with jokes, and then also saying that how how lucky I I feel to have found stand up yeah. comedy, right? Well, I guess when I asked you about doing anything like motivational tours or that would be the way up, I guess, where it's like it would be good to be helping people, but personally and emotionally is like that would mean you're not sort of I'm trying to use the right words here. I was going I don't know if moving on is the right word, but I know what you mean. You're you're like constant Yeah. But I th- this is pretty yeah. intense, but there is people who are like it's a responsibility. Like I've 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 experienced that. Like this is pretty intense, but my Dad's side, of, my dad's side of the family is Jewish, and mm. he's he's got these really? aunts who are in the concentration camps, so they oh. teach about it mm. to like, let's not do this again, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And it must so be it's quite like draining. Pre- to talk so about I, I imagine it would be so emotionally draining, but it's also like the you also just can't pretend it didn't happen too. Like, <laughs> and also I think there's a flip side of that because uh, I'm I'm comfortable with talking about this kind of very heavy dark period of my life because. I, now mm. I am the happiest I've ever been, yeah. and I get to do something which, uh, at one point, yeah. was it just a, a distant dream, something that I fantasize about. Now I get to do most yeah. nights, right? Doing stand-up comedy has just brought so much joy and purpose to my life. So to be able to, if I was doing some kind of motivational speaking, if if, if the message is, hey, you know, like uh, you can get through a yeah. really tough patch and get to something really positive, then I, that that feels yeah. like it's not going to take a lot out of me to just you- be talking about that. <laughs> Do you think that it could be a bit funny if they're like worried to hire you just because you're like, you can do stuff and the things will end up all right. Look at me. like <laughs> you, you have to stress that like, look, things are going well, but I would not recommend the, that, that pathway. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think the message needs to be like um, that, look, 
people can have crisis points in a lot of different ways. That's, yeah. what, that's what essentially what my podcast is about. Whether it's um, health issues or depression, you know, or yeah. uh, or a divorce or um, a death in the family, or it could be prison, or it could be yeah. uh, a million other things. Um, but sometimes you'll find you don't find the strength that you have in you until you get tested. And sometimes, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you have to go through a crisis point to find that. Yeah. But if, if you do hit that crisis point, just know that, um, that you p- human beings are designed to be pretty resilient. Yeah. Um, no, that's lovely. Thanks, uh, Andrew. Uh, we, we might just try to go into some other areas of your life and stuff. <laughs> sure. Um, it's pretty... I love it. Like, it's a great story to tell. And I feel like you, like you probably like are telling it a lot and as your, your choice, but... What what about uh, just you? Tell us about you as a person. <laughs> Lighten the mood a bit. Uh, <laughs> hobbies, interests. Turn this into a bit of a, like a dating app. Like, uh, <laughs> don't say hiking or. Um, uh, what do I enjoy doing, man? Um, at the moment. And uh, do you like like any sports or in the bands or? Yeah, I love uh, I love my combat sports. I love my boxing. I'm a bit of a hobby boxer. Um, I've, I've had like I did one amateur fight a few years ago Sweet. and then I've been like training with a Hungarian boxing coach I want to see your um, post of a photo <laughs> I, I love the like local local fights you know when it's got like sort of 10 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. how they pose and the, yeah <laughs> one day I'll, I'll get to that I should one do, I should do one not not didn't yeah. you um didn't you want to have a fight with yeah, a, yeah. I remember you posting about this yeah <laughs> so I was hoping to like rake in a big name or, <laughs> or maybe one of those sort of like Isaac Butterfield types. Yeah. Yeah. We will just leave that. But uh, <laughs> uh, but all I got is all these like open mic because they just wanted a bit of a boost to them. Yeah. And I can't be like, look, man, you're nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, man, well, no. I, I'm looking for someone to do me. My career is solid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to. No, no. But it, it was. It, it was funny, right? It was mm. like. Part of it's like the stupidity of because I was saying, let's finally find like who is Australia's funniest boxer or, or something. I forgot the exact words. Boxing but there, comedian. there is an element of like, let's yeah. Do you want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> but you, the conditions are you're not allowed to train. I have to train because <laughs> it's like you've got this head start where you've actually trained. Yeah. But um. Well, I think I re- I I posted. Where do you where do you put that up? But I, I guess I'm probably one of the open micers that you're yeah. talking about, right? <laughs> no. Uh, nah. Go give me another year till I <laughs> so I can be big enough in, in, as a well, name. In my <laughs> mind was like I'd like love for someone to cover it. One of these streaming services. It could mm. be like you know. My build up to it because I saw this thing. Um, he's a bit of a high profile, a little bit high profile, but um, what's the bloke? Uh, Elba Idris Elba. Oh, yeah, he did a like, I'm gonna have a fight. This follow mm. me, follow me on my journey. And he ended up doing a like a MMA fight. Um, yeah, like I said, a little bit different profile, but in my mind, like someone should, even you, if it's like, are you saying the international movie star Idris Elba yes. is more famous than Goxie? Believe it or not, right? But um, I won't hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, we've both been in in uh, a chance to be James Bond, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, because in my mind, it's like, yeah, I would do it. I would do it. I'd get in the fight, but it it was obviously meant to be either. Similar levels, or well, they've got all these lame. Yeah. They've got all these lame YouTubers doing uh, like boxing matches overseas. Why yeah. can't we do that here? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know. That's what I'm trying to get going. 
Is that a lame overseas YouTube? Is lame Australian YouTube? Yeah. All right. Well, mate, you you put me in the ring with whoever you want me to fight, yeah. and I'll well, maybe we can have it. cards. Like mm. you, we match you up with. Uh, because there is quite a few comedians um, into into fighting and stuff. Angus as well. Maybe ben, that's what that, that venue was just all the fighters together. Like. Ben Caution. Yeah. He, yeah. he boxes. Oh, I'll, awesome. I'll happily fight Ben Caution. Yeah, let's I'm, do I'm, it. Only, I'm only twice his size. We have all these cards, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll be more your, like, sort of blokes who have let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an entertaining night. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's line it up. Right? All right. If you're listening, No Limit Boxing or <laughs> George Rose or any of those guys. Yeah. Is that the. Who are the. We might need one of the lower levels that does like um has their fights at like Bankstown RSL. Well, it? the way I got into boxing was there's a program in Sydney called Corporate Fighter where they just oh, like, yeah. it's like they get white collar like uh, office workers and they train you train for like twelve weeks and then they match you up against who they think is going to be a fair fight. Yeah, well, that's what I need. <laughs> and then you fight at the Hilton, you know. Well, I, I don't know. It may, might be somewhere else now, but you fight in front of all your friends and family. So I did it, and it was like five hundred people in the room at the Hilton, and it was sick. Uh, I was fighting a guy who was like 10 kilos heavier than me, but uh, he was in good shape and... Just on a quick vid. <laughs> you, you can keep talking. And I had a good reach, so I just kept punching him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I won the I won the fight. I, I think I only throw straight punches. I I had a separate coach outside of the of the white collar boxing yeah. program who was like, he said to me, "You're not gonna, I can't teach you how to fight in 12 weeks, but I can teach you how to win that yeah. fight." Oh, and he cool. and he just said, "Just throw straight punches with your reach, you'll win." And was so that, I, was this all like part like the amateur? Yeah, you got headgear, yeah, yeah. mouth guard, you got 16 ounce gloves, and you but got headgear on. Um, and the only punch I threw that wasn't a straight punch was an uppercut, and I think I punched myself in the head. So, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'm real. Any any sense that gets taken away. That's why I've never been a real like sunnies guy. Because if I wear sunnies, then I feel kind of like, uh, what do you call that when you're like boxed in? Um, like claustrophobic. Yeah, you claustroph- feel like that with sunglasses. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. Anything, and then the same with like if you lose your, got your ears blocked, and you like it makes all your sort mm. of feel discombobulated. So you wouldn't like the. But head that's y- what y- what I'm saying. If I was to be punched, I'd be all, because like, but I I play I love like rugby league contact sports. So it's like, I think you can get adjusted to you know because I'm fine to get tackled. For a lot of people, that would freak them out, getting tackled in rugby. One of the things you see people that aren't used to boxing, fighting, is as soon as they get a few punches in the head, they're like blocking they're blocking their face so they can't see or they're putting their head down yeah. um, because they're just trying to cover up. Yeah, but, yeah. but then you can't see the next punches. So yeah, you've yeah. you, you got to condition yourself to get used to getting punched in the face, which doesn't yeah. sound normal, but yeah. that's just what happens is that, I think there's a famous line. Is it like Mike Tyson? It's like everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face. Right, right, and and it's so true. Even more so for amateur boxers because your body has this fight or flight mechanism, right? Yeah. That as soon as you start getting punched in the head, you're like, no, nah, this is fucked. So like cover up. Yeah. Whereas you can't do that if you want to be able to see the next one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I reckon leave the defensive stuff to like a Mayweather who's like knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, the if you're just standing there like yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got his shoulder. Yeah, but that's another thing that really does scare me is is like boxing, fighting, like, and that's like I said, I can easily step on like a rugby field, you know, because I grew up with that. <laughs> well, if you're gonna have an actual fight, we'll have to get some. We'll have to train. We'll, yeah. we'll train, and you'll Let's go, do it. I'll have to get you used to getting punched in the face yeah. because it's gonna happen in the I ring. Know. That's my f- <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, combat fighting. Um, ever get into team sports, cricket, rugby? Uh, yeah. I, I played rugby growing up. 
Uh, is that I, union being a north side? So mm-hmm. I grew up till the age of twelve. I was from growing up in Hornsby, I was playing rugby league, and then I, at, when I went to high school, I was at a private school, and that, and they were big on rugby union. So I yeah. played rugby union. Uh, it's a north-south divide in Sydney, isn't it? Once you cross <laughs> absolutely. the absolutely, yeah. unions bigger. And That's why you lost the Bears. Are you uh, a, are you a Bears man? <laughs> I was a I was a Bears man growing up, and then they merged with Manly to yeah. become the Northern Eagles. And that wasn't they, very successful. And then they got rid of the Bears in references entirely. There was no. It was just back to the Manly wearing a seagulls. So. That's why I hate Manly, but <laughs> then I started going for Parramatta because my brother was started going for the Eels, so that was that's my team now. Yeah, but uh, I'd always like to see the Bears come back one day. But yeah, so I played Union, uh, in, and then even when I finished uni, I, I moved um, back to Sydney and lived in Mossman, and I played for the Mossman Wales Ooh, rugby club. Fancy, you know what they call it when you, when they win uh, in Mossman? The Mossman Wales win in all all grades. That's a day. great that's a great team logo. Yeah, great team logo. The blue and the blue, and they call it a whale wash. That's well, awesome. <laughs> and then everyone just gets drunker than they normally do. I love because um, I was doing a thing where like I have a, quite a few things going on my socials, like mm. pics and with a whatever around the country but i was doing like good sports team names of australia you know if you find like there's one in brisbane like the crabs you know mm. like, and um like young cherry picker i love those industry ones for a town but wales is good another good one warringa rats warringa rats is good is that is that a official or that's like a off off the record name the rat or uh, I, I have a feeling it might be like a like a nickname, you know, like colloquial. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I've always just known them as the Ring of Rats. Yeah. I also like the Corindai Grasshoppers. Do you know that yeah, one? Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I love my... um. See, I'm a little bit like... Because so many animals are used, right? But in all different sports, you've got your traditional eagle, tiger, lion. They're a bit predictable. I love any interesting animal. Like an insect is great. Yeah, like, a grasshopper. Like in, um, <laughs> Doesn't sound that in, tough. In Melbourne, uh, local AFL footy, they've got... um. Preston Bull Ants, that's a good one. Yeah. And then um, there used to be Scorpions is a good one. Like I love those sort of like not not usually used animals. Yeah, not a bear, a tiger, a lion. Yeah. Yeah. The obvious big scary animal. If it's like something they can just like nip your toe. <laughs> and you go, Ow, what was that? Like, like <laughs> there's ones that are so shit like uh, the Cleveland Browns, you yeah, know? Like yeah, that's Br- a- Browns doesn't sound that intimidating. Well I, I for my NFL team I chose Packers. That all the fans wear cheese on their head. I like that. <laughs> I like like we make cheese here, let's wear cheese on our head. That's great. What if you was like what, what would you do if like, you know? What's another industry going to wear on your head? You know, like we make leather here, so it's like a bit, bit of cow, like just a gimp, a gimp mask. Yeah, yeah, we got a big uh, dominatrix scene here. Yeah, <laughs> big dominatrix industry. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, so it's into a bit of sport. What? Yeah. Um, what else? Get into any music or. Anything like that, or not? I mean, not not majorly. I, I still just listen to classic hits, one hundred one point seven on the radio. Yeah, just like my. Did you have it? Didn't Hornsby? Did you have like have the like aspiring rappers up there? Mm. <laughs> it's more of a western suburb thing. <laughs> <laughs> not that I can think of. I mean, there's a lot of graffiti. Yeah, we had the local graffiti artists, <laughs> but I can't think of any. I love the well-known um, Hornsby there's, rappers. There's this NFL player who played in the nineties, Michael Irvin, and he's just come out and he said. Because his son's, like, a rapper. Mm. But he's just come out and said, like, all the things you're rapping about, like, we lived in a gated community, and like, he's just calling him out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that, like a dad. You're call. an absolute fraud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, <laughs> you know, with you talking about real-life stuff, too, and your comedy, and 
I like to do comparisons of industries and scenes. And so talk about like rap having that like, you're not really from the projects and that. Yeah. I wonder if comedy's ever had a call out of like, you're, like, you're talking about stuff, you're out of your, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've I've had some guys call me out on social media like, hey man, you only did four months in jail. Like, <laughs> oh, do, you really? have, do you have the right to even do jokes about that? And I'll, like four months is a while, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what other guys have been jail. Like, man, like four months in in the mainstream yard is still um is still real prison. And yeah. also, like it's it doesn't matter that it was a short time because it was still long enough to completely change my life. Like it's not like I yeah. was doing stand up before jail. Like I, it, well, it was a reason why I got into it. It's something I wanted to ask is about um the jail culture, right? Where there's a whole like lingo because I didn't mm. even know. You know, they'll like they say the screws, right? That's screws. Is that, is that the yeah. Guard? Actually, you want to know my connection to to screws is um. So this is years ago in Brizzy. I'm from Brizzy. Um, I had this job in the in the Woolworths warehouse where like all the products are in there. They put them on the um. What do you call them? I can't think of words. Um, Shelves. Pallets. Yeah. You fill up a pallet and then you send that to the shop. That's how it works, right? So we worked there and we had footy games right because a lot of you know like pacific islanders kiwis and that work and that yep. sort of work i think yep. i was the only white guy <laughs> um anyway we would play each other so then the main game was the two sides of the shed so one side is the fridge the other side is called ambient which is all like everything else yeah chips cans whatever drinks and we'd play each other and out of that and that was really fun but out of that then there was like a woolworths team would play we played like steggles chicken Usually we played other warehouses, but yeah. we had this game against the screws from the Brizzy Jail. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and it was interesting because we got them in the end through fitness because they were big guys, <laughs> so they like dominated early. And then they wear out quick. We, we yeah. wore them down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my connection to screws. <laughs> but um, learning that lingo, and um, there is a few, um, you'd as you probably know, um, there's like a few like pods on, on crime and... Mm. Um, you you know about uh, them, yeah. Right? I've been on a bunch of yeah, them. Like, um, yeah, like Spanian, and so you hear this stuff, and people have an interest, right? As you know, there's like true crime, um, but yeah. As so, did you? What? A, this is a long-winded way of asking the question. Um, did you go from like obviously you wouldn't have been interested in jails or anything before, I, or little? Did you know a lot from your time? I didn't. And, I didn't know lingo, but you pick you pick it up quickly because yeah, guys yeah. keep saying stuff to you, and you're like, what? Yeah. Like they'll refer to someone as a spinner, uh, and you're like, what's that? That's, a, that's yeah. someone who's like mentally ill. You oh, know? Okay. You know, he's a fucking spinner, man. He's just muttering to himself, that kind of stuff. Or um, you know, you 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 sell your your screws getting tips is like when you um, and and also um, were you you just in the one place the whole time? Or like I was in Park Lee for two months, and then I got moved to uh, Long Bay Jail. Oh, okay. And then yeah. I was there for two months as well. And Ocean views. <laughs> <laughs> you could see the water if I if I stood on my tippy toes on my toilet. I could see out of the cell. I it is. Water it distance. is something that interests me. Is not interested enough that I actually investigate. But interested, you know, where just to think like where things are. Right, like even I think this with like sports clubs are often be like they want cheap land, so be like next to a creek. Sometimes they're on like old dumps and stuff too. Mm. Um, do you know anything about Long Bay? Was it just like unusable land or? I don't know what the history yeah. of it was. 
Um, no. Maybe it's just one of the close to Maroubra. It's like <laughs> easily move people there when they're Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. we've got a big we've got a big customer base here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so funny actually when I was in there for the NRL grand final in uh in twenty twenty one and so the biggest uh, fan bases in prison in Sydney are, <laughs> are Penrith Panthers and South Sydney Rabbitohs. Oh. <laughs> so that's that w- really, you should talk about that more. I mean, that's funny. <laughs> like um, yeah. you could be the like spokesperson for like. <laughs> <laughs> so they they were the most represented in jail, and so where they were playing at the grand final, they played like. But then it'd be round- funny if it's like. Roosters and Manly are like white collar crime. Like people are in for like doing over the banks and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of white dudes that are all in protection or something like that. Yeah, but in yeah. the main yard, it was it was Souths and Panthers, and so they played each other three times in like a space of about six weeks oh. because they played like round twenty six together. Then they played like round one of the finals, and they made it through. Does to- it get screened? Yeah, you've got it. You got it in all your cells. So we, we get yeah. you get like locked away. You just away. hear big cheers, like depending on what's. You, g- you get locked away at Long Bay for the day. Your day's done by just before two p.m. Right, and then you're in your cell till se- till seven thirty the next day. So yeah, you'd sit in your cell, and then every time there was a try, you could hear guys just giant islanders just like kicking their door. You <laughs> thought, I thought some of the doors were going to come off the hinges. As- I actually, I actually want to go to watch now. The, a- <laughs> the atmosphere was yeah. amazing. Well, I was like, if I wasn't at the game, this is the se- got to be the second best atmosphere yeah. in the country. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, just listening to these guys, and then cheering. like, oh, like a dodgy call, you just like what? Pathos. You just um like. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of a ref's name. Let's go old school. Bill Harry. All these people going like, um, Ashley Klein, you're dead. <laughs> <Can't> like- <laughs> I know where you live, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always um like in any sport, everyone hates the officials. But I, I always think it's like one step too far when people start like knowing names. And yeah. I mean, you got the ones that are well known. Yeah. But um, in AFL, like they're pretty unknown. And then when someone's like number thirty-two, like. Pazinski, like, I'm like, you know too much about this guy, like, yeah. Particularly, yeah, if they know their name and they're calling yeah. him out in public, you know. Well, it's like, pretty scary these yeah. days being an athlete because of, like, the, the gambling and stuff. People take it. Like send death threats and shit. Like yeah, you see uh, NRL players post that all. You only got two tries, and I bet you're, you're yeah. gonna get. You ruined my multi, you yeah. selfish kind of. Yeah. yeah, all these like players come out and they're like. Man, I'm not playing for your fantasy team or I'm playing for my team. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting, man. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that, like kind of um, just where they where they put the jails and, and the lingo and, and culture. There's and so much of it, that you, but you pick it up pretty quickly because you're around it all day, every day. Yeah. You know? Because I, I did hear this guy, I think it was on Spaniards Pod, talking about like um, even... Um, yeah, and then and then you got all that stuff of like, um, you know, sides and yeah, yeah you yeah. got all those rivalries. There's even like so much rhyming slang that's in there, like uh, uh, when someone's brown bread means they're dead. And um, <laughs> I had like uh, one of my old cellies was this be old fun- bloke. <laughs> It'd be funny if you mis misunderstood it as a good a good <laughs> one, like and it's a bad one. They go like, oh. His brown bread. Oh, good on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> healthy, good, healthy. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like. Then Lee Marvin means starving. Oh, I'm Lee Marvin. That must be some guy that was like in the movies in the fucking 1920s or yeah, something. Yeah, probably need to update that one. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Brasco is a toilet, which I was like, I, I tried to oh. guess. I'm like, do you mean like Donny Brasco? It's Dunny Brasco? And, and and my Sally was like, I don't know. Like, no one knows where these things come <laughs> from, right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it has to be that. You know what's funny? Um, 
the I listen to the sports talkback radio and the like Brian Fletcher and Joel Kane show. They love talking in that lingo, but not. Yeah. I don't think it's jail, but they're just like so much rhyme and rhyming slang. It's almost like you guys are like did this to be easier, but you got to stop and think about every rhyme. Like, what's that? What's that? Like, yeah. It's like learning another language. Like, There's so many of those like Cockney rhyming slangs from the UK that like, unless you're in the scene, yeah. you have no idea what they're talking about. Do you, do you think it's like, uh, originally it would have been to like, so the guys don't know, but then they learn it and it's like, it becomes pointless. That's like. exactly right. Like I posted videos of me doing like some of the um, prison slang terms uh, on TikTok and this guy was like, Man, why are you posting this? The fucking screws are going to see it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they know all these words, dude. Yeah, like, you're, uh, not, think- you're not like outsmarting <laughs> you. Like, they t- they say it to each other, and then there's some plan for something, and then the screw will just be there because it's like they know. How did you know? Like, know, like when um when the cells are getting raided, like when the squad are going through to check if people have weapons and drugs. Yeah. One guy will yell out like red red light. Right, and red lights like the code word that like uh, you know re- the, the 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 squads here. But it's like they know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not like, why does someone keep yelling out red light every time <laughs> yeah. we turn up? After the first twenty five <laughs> times, or like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, whoa, everyone was clean today. Good work, boys. Like <laughs> you've earned a, a burger or something. <laughs> Did oh that was the other thing. Was there like um. Uh, like reward schemes, like behaving yourself. Yeah, there were. So there was a couple like of... Like Hamilton, no jack... You didn't jack off today. <laughs> <laughs> extra extra cheese on your burger. Like. So there's two different things. There's rewards. You can get uh, moved to better prison wings that have like better facilities and, and, and better privileges. So things like more phones or ping pong tables or better like cooking implements or um, they have more access to the oval, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So you can only get there if like you're um, not causing trouble. And then uh, there are on top of that additional privileges like once a month they do a barbecue and stuff like that if there'd been like no, uh, if guys weren't causing any, any shit. Sick. So sounds good. I, I, go. I had a couple of barbecues. They were pretty good, and I got moved to a gold pod, which was like a privilege. We um, wing pretty quickly, and man, it's it's you get more exercise equipment in there. It just it makes you the prison time uh, just a lot easier to manage yeah. when there's just a few a few little privileges can go a long way. Awesome. Um, we're gonna wrap up soon, but did you do your homework? We have a section. Where the guest has to choose a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I did. Awesome. What'd you go with? Uh, I hope this is one. <coughs> I hope this is one you've had on before. <laughs> um, well, I've got some pretty warped minds. So <laughs> this was uh, Dusty the Klepto Kitty. No, I haven't you, had that. You haven't had that. All right. K L is it? Oh yeah, here it is. Okay, cat notorious for bringing home items. <laughs> Dust, do you want to read it or should I? Uh, you can read it. All right. All right. Oh, we'll share it. We'll share it. We'll do a bit at a time. All right. Dusty the Klepto Kitty was a domestic snowshoe cat who gained notoriety in early 2011 for his acts of cat burglary. Ooh, nice pun. As of Feb 2011, Dusty had stolen 16 car wash mitts, seven sponges, 213 dish towels, <laughs> seven washcloths, five towels, 18 shoes, 73 socks, 100 gloves, one pair of mittens, three aprons, 40 balls, four pairs of underwear, one dog collar, six rubber toys, one blanket, three leg warmers, two frisbees, one golf club head cover, one safety mark- mask, two mesh bags, one bag of water balloons, one pair of pajama pants, eight bathing <laughs> suits, and eight other miscellaneous items. 
for a total of um, more than 600 items. It says here, his owners claim that his record spree garnered 11 separate items. I don't know what that means. When and he was like once even caught on camera carrying home a bra. Yeah. So You know what? I want this. I was kind of surprised there wasn't a revelation that it, like, it ended up being... The owners who were like <laughs> nicking stuff and you know what I mean? It just sounds too like trying to cover for something. I love that it says his his first two years of life were uneventful. Uh like he that was these pre burglary days and then at some point he's just gone, nah, I'm just gonna, I can just nick shit. And yeah. his owners began to notice household objects that you did know not what, belong. You know what I also find funny that like I'm just. I don't know anything about this, but correct me. If, do you know much about this? Or no? How'd you find out about it? I I just searched for like uh, what wi- wild Wikipedia pages. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> is I it? Don't, no, no, I'm joking. But um, because <laughs> I'm because I'm the reason I started this is I'm a huge Wikipedia nerd, and just in my own spare time, mm-hmm. I'll look at stuff. So I do often. I forgot to ask you. Is often guess often ask guests like, do you look yourself? But it sounds like since you just. I was just joking about cheating. I don't care. But, <laughs> have um, I have I looked for myself on Wikipedia? I, when I <laughs> well, when I joked about cheating because I'm just like, it's usually the most fun when you come across it or someone's told you mm. or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, sure. But what I was gonna say is um, often it's funny with animals that like for this this is something that we're like oh I imagine people are like oh isn't it cute yeah. But then, like, oh, a shark attacks someone, and we're like, we got to get that shark. Like, yeah, I know it's different levels of crime, <laughs> but I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be funny if the people told the story, hoping for everyone to go, oh, that's cute, and then the response was, kill it, like, yeah, actually, like put it in jail. Like. I only had one pair of shorts, and that cat stole it. Yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. was my only. That was my great grandfather's towel from the war. But it is like it's just that animal behavior of like dragging things in, really. But it's like it's just the sheer number six hundred items, six hundred plus items. That's just like a, a cat who just didn't know how to have a day off. <laughs> Look at this last one. To keep his fans up to date with his finds, his owners maintained his Facebook page <laughs> and provide pictures of the items at Dusty brought home. <laughs> I love that kind of people cheering for like a negative result. It's like oh, he's still in the <laughs> yeah. It's like when my um. My mum loves the like quiz show. She'll be watching like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and she's like cheering for them to get over the line. <laughs> I'm there like hoping they. I want them to like miss it. Maybe that says more about me and my. <laughs> I'm a cynical person. <laughs> I, I I um I love that it says here that um some of his unclaimed items, stolen items were just were displayed and sold. So obviously like some <laughs> they didn't people return it. Some just... people got their stuff back. They must have yeah. been ar- around the neighborhood. If you if any of your stuff went missing, it must be the klepto cat. <laughs> but also, it's like, how can you prove the reason? Is it? Like, some people are buying it because of the fame of the cat. Is mm. someone just like, yes, give me that bra. Like, I want <laughs> it because the cat stole it. That's yeah. why I want it. It's not just some creepy ones that use bra. Like, or, or if the owners are making money out of stolen items, right? There's an incentive like, to like... You'd be like, oh, he stole an extra 200 things today. I'll just, I'll just go to the shop, get a whatever, and just go, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah the cat definitely stole this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. $5,000. <000. laughs> Here, here's the claw marks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh well um thanks so much Andrew that is definitely in the spirit of what the that section of the pod is about and uh thanks for coming on I hope you enjoyed having a ch- having a yarn I hope you've enjoyed listening to Andrew's yarn um anything you want to plug or 
I think the book should be out eventually. Uh, it's coming out for, I think, for Father's Day 2024. So oh. keep an eye out for it. Not, yeah. not just yet, but a little while away. Good good yarn for the dad to read. Yeah. The dads, I mean. <laughs> that sounds like there's one dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's what, they, uh, you know, the, the conversation was that it's something which would be of interest to guys who, you know, have obviously uh, had some, some fuck-ups in their life and bounced back because um, that's certainly how I feel my life has been is that it was a yeah. bit of a mess and uh, like I found stand-up comedy and now uh, I'm happier than I've ever been. It's a, it's definitely a better option than the the links pack, Link, links Africa pack. <laughs> I've gotten a few of them. The aunties love giving those, eh? Uh, and it's like, what what are you trying to say? I smell or something like. It's not even a good fragrance. Yeah, that's not what Africa smells like at all. <laughs> it's, you can't call it links grade ten boys. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, Andrew, and thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Have a Yarn with Me. Goodbye. Bye. See you. Bye. Goxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Goxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you